travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This is Ed Horrell, founder of The Kindness Revolution. In my corporate talks, I like to reference a theory which scientists have been unable to disprove. And it theorizes that given the perfect atmospheric conditions, a butterfly flapping its wings in the United States can actually result in a hurricane in Japan. So when I think before you take even the smallest action today, remember that your slightest actions might change the direction of someone else. And to learn more, check us out at thekindnessrevolution.net. ESPN 1420, KPEL, Lafayette, ESPN 1033-K277-DQ, Lafayette. A Town Square media station. ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. How about them, Cowboys? Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. We had a five of the six games from the NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. We had some college hoops as well. We got plenty to talk about here on a cold, cold Monday morning. I got in my car this morning. It was 33 degrees outside. I mean, that might not be cold to some of you from other places, but down here in the boot, that's cold. Borderline ice cold. Like some, of, like some of the takes I've been seeing coming off of the weekend in sports. Some bad takes. I'll tell you where two of the worst ones are coming up this morning. We got open phone lines this morning, 337-269-1077. We got a lot to get into, guys. We've got a lot to get into. Why don't we start with the most entertaining football game of the weekend? How about them Cowboys? Yeah! How about them Cowboys? Well, the Dallas Cowboys do what they tend to do. Blow it in the big moment. No franchise oversells and underdelivers more on an annual basis than the Dallas Cowboys have over the last quarter century. I mean, honestly. Honestly. They've won what? Four playoff games in the last 26 years? Yesterday, 
all the talk about the final sequence, all the talk about fans throwing a few fans, by the way. Don't 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 act like it was the entire Cowboys fan base. That's ridiculous. A few fans throwing debris at whether it be players or officials and all oh, well, the officials did this or they did that. I mean, Jimmy G, ugh, Jimmy G throwing a pick, you know, midway through the fourth quarter. The truth of the matter is, through the vast majority of that game, the Niners were handling the Cowboys in the trenches. In the trenches. And the truth of the matter is, the Cowboys blew it in a big moment again. And when they hired Mike McCarthy as their head coach, you figured it was probably going to come. Now, he's not responsible for the play calling. That's on Kellen Moore, who was just getting head coaching uh, interviews. But when you have division between your coach and the assistants when it comes to a core value of analytics or not, you're going to end up running into problems. Mike McCarthy, when he got the Cowboys job, said, yeah, you know, analytics, I, I kind of bought in. I kind of said I bought into it and studied it more than I really did just because I wanted the job. And then he laughed about it. It's like, wait, what now? I mean, that was that was like Jason, you know, Garrett territory. Once again, Jerry Jones answering questions about his team's failure in the big moments. This year, it's going to be different, everybody. This year, it's going to be, we're going all the way, finally. You know, there's some businesses that start out with a bang. I mean, all straight to the top, straight to the moon. And they're really strong for a few years. And then after that, they're just okay. They're just okay. That's kind of been Jerry Jones' business plan since he bought the Cowboys. Boom, straight to the moon, right out the top. Super Bowls. Three and four years. Making things happen. And yet here they are again. Out of the playoffs, that same empty feeling. I mean, you talk about not having enough game discipline. You talk about a head coach and a no coordinator who decided, you know what, this little, this, this gasoline that we need to kind of throw here because analytics say we should we should throw the gas here. Let's throw this. Let's throw this gasoline. It's close to the fire, but yeah, they decided to play with fire in the final seconds because analytics said so and decide to run a quarterback draw where Dak Prescott doesn't pop up and give the ball to the official. Official's got to spot the ball. But as I said, that final play is, is drawing all this attention when there were a plethora of miscues by the Cowboys. Tons of them. Oh, well, this is the best Dallas team they've had in a decade. Well, where'd he get them? Where'd he get them? They had a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, hey, two all-pro players on a, on a pretty good defense, a really good defense. Candidate for defensive player of the year. Really good scoring offense. All it does is add up to 
more anxiety. I mean, imagine if you're a Cowboys fan that's like hadn't hit 30 yet, like Norman Locke. I mean, you 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 can reference the glory days. You didn't even get to live through it. Your whole life, your team has just disappointed you in the big moments. But Norm was taking some heat yesterday. He's going to take it all week. We might, we're going to try to call Norm a little bit later. Just felt like a familiar tale. Jerry Jones after the game. Meters and whatnot. Well, I think this is a time that uh, when you get this combination of players together, you need to uh, have success because we all know how it goes in the NFL. The whole thing is set up to take away from the best and add to the ones that need improvement. And personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best. Personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best. He's not even wrong, but he hired Mike McCarthy. 14 penalties. It's not like that was like out of nowhere. They've they've done that before this season. That's coaching staff for you. You got to have some in-game discipline, especially in the biggest moments of the season. So, yeah, go ahead, Cowboy fans. Complain about a referee interrupting Prescott to spot the ball, even though that was his job. Oh, well, Kellen Moore called it. Well, the head coach is supposed to have oversight to overrule it. And then he makes a comment after the game that says, yeah, no, it was the right call. We just didn't execute it right. You know, analytics say it, and that's what we do here. Just taking a little subtle shot at analytics, something that he's not even crazy about. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's clock management skills, the history of it. Not exactly a uh, pretty record. A very talented Cowboys team failed at a critical juncture. And that's not the first time we've said that over the last, I don't know, just 15 years. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Here are some ice cold takes. I got one for you. I I got a few for you. Let me start with one before we hit up our first break. Results-oriented instant takes when it comes to having seven playoff teams in each conference. NFL needs to do away with it. What a disaster. This is terrible. I mean, guys, it's first of all, I, I going into it, when they first made the announcement, uh, seven games, I was like, I'm not I'm not crazy about that. You don't have you don't you don't need to do seven games. You don't need to do seven games. But once they go to it, they're not going back. Secondly, You've had four games between a seven and a two seed. Three of them have been bad. The two this weekend, last year when the Saints beat up the Bears, and then one have been good. The Colts at the Bills last year was a really good game. Okay? Secondly, do you not want to watch a football game tonight? Because we wouldn't have a playoff football game tonight if you didn't have it. Third, a seven seed at some point is going to get hot and make a run. Stop focusing on the fact that the Steelers and Eagles weren't good. Like, 
nothing about either of those results were surprising. Norm thought the Eagles would keep it close. I told him and y'all last week, the Bucs are going to run away with this. It's a terrible matchup for the Eagles. It was a terrible game from an entertainment standpoint. And the Steelers were totally outmatched by the Chiefs last night. That wasn't a surprise either. But do you not want more football? Do you not want to watch a game tonight? And it made week 17 and week 18 that much more entertaining. In the regular season. So stop with the ice cold take because the Steelers were getting blown out last night. Oh, do away with that. Do away with that. I remember that game last year between the Bills and the Colts, and it was entertaining as hell. It's not going anywhere. The NFL now has a triple header on a Sunday. They have the Saturday time slot and now have a Monday night playoff game. Buku ratings, buku money. So I, I, I wish they would have never done it in the first place, but once they did it, I was all on board. Let's go. It's like every year if a seven seed gets in and they're not good and they get beat by a lot, you're going to have the, oh, should have done away with it. Don't do this. As if you're not watching. More ice cold takes including about the officiating. It's not really as much an ice-cold take as it is uh, 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 an ice-cold trick. The NFL is laying out a hook, and folks are biting on it. I'll explain that coming up in 15 minutes. As I said, phone lines are open. 337-269-1077. We're going to get into the other playoff games as well. Talk a little hoops at some point this morning. Big win. For the Rage Occasion women's basketball team. Men's team fell on the road. It was a close one. It was a close one. Missing Theo Akuba and Isaiah Richards definitely hurt. But uh, we got plenty to get into this morning. All right, let's head to the phone lines. Hello, good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hey, Great Scott. How you doing today, buddy? Man, I got I to gotta ask you how you're doing. I mean, that was... I am fan. Hey, listen, man. My team lost the football game, but um, I'm breathing today. Everything's fine. So you see that? <laughs> I, I can't tell. I can't tell if you're if you're fighting it and you're just trying to be super positive, or no, if it's no, no, just no. that hey, much. Listen. Look, it's just football. No, I, I mean, I think you, I think you know better than that. Um, perspective, right? But uh, yeah, that, that's really what happened. They lost the football game. That, um, quite frankly, they didn't deserve to win. Um, I, I look at, and and I may be in the minority. I never believe officials have an outcome on the game. And I know there's a lot of people that don't agree with that, right? But I'll tell you this. The, the Dallas Cowboys are a undisciplined football team that was not prepared to play. If I go back, and if you want to talk about the refs and all that, most of those calls were justified, right? So if you take away the officials, where was the Dallas Cowboys in the first half of the game? Where was our number one ranked vaunted offense? You know, all these brilliant minds of Kellen Moore. And he's, you know, I think he's one of these dudes that kind of outsmarts himself sometimes. 
just like the end of the game. Why are you even running that play? You've thrown for 40 yards in 15 seconds. You're already, and, and Scott, let me tell you why that play was so stupid. Let's say that play goes off without a hitch, and they do spike it. You get one play to the end zone. Where they were at, they get two plays to the end zone, throwing it. So what's the point of that? 13, and if you want to say yards, well, they moved I mean, it, you know, it's... okay. So it, so does your percentage go up 15 yards closer once? Or 15 yards further back twice. It was. Here, we'll never here, find here's, out. Here's, right? here's, here's, here's the issue. Analytics are, are, are a good thing because they make sense. But I've always felt that in sports, when you use analytics, and I used to talk to Billy Napier about this often when I'd, when I'd interview him every week during the football season when he was at yeah. UL. I would say, you know, I know you, you got some guys on the staff that focus, and, and, you're, and you do as well, focus in on analytics and, and, and how it's. Everything in college football, yada, yada, yada. But what I would ask him is, doesn't there have to be a balance between feel of the moment in the game and analytics? Like, can't, can't there be a balance? It, it can't be one or the other. And he said, well, sure. Right. You know, like, like, you know, I mean, he went for it on fourth down a lot, and I know that was something that folks would always talk about with him. But it's like there also is an element of moment and, and knowing sort of – and so some analytics will say you have to separate everything and just go by these numbers on the sheet. It's like it's like the whole idea of like when you go for two or not two. I'm like, you also have to like take into consideration the momentum, what's happened, did the other team lose these guys? Like, there's no way that analytics accounts for every single factor in a game, Scott, every they single had human no element. Timeout. None. They had no timeout. None. And you you got to You got to understand something, and and I know you know this, but. I'm talking about that coaching staff. Okay, if you decide to run that and, and then, you know, you run this little turbo play where you go up there and you spike the ball, it's not just the quarterback. You know what? If they would have spiked that ball, it would have been an illegal formation anyway. Our wide receiver was five yards past the line of scrimmage. Well, yeah, you're right. you got to have a lot of guys hustle back to the line. Look, if Dak, right. if Dak gets up, runs, gives it to the official – it might have worked. It might have worked. There's this idea that it definitely would have worked. And even even then, it doesn't mean that it was the right call. <laughs> it was the absolute wrong call. You have two shots to the end zone. Like I said, the dude was dealing at that point. And granted, I know the 49ers were defending. They really weren't defending the sideline that well. They weren't. But they were playing a prevent. But... I listen, mean, listen, all, all the things that had to happen for it to even get to that point for them to even have a shot. I mean, the Correct. review on the call, all this stuff. It's the last call is is taking away from the fact that and look, I don't I don't like the Niners. I mean, I like Elijah Mitchell, but I don't like the Niners. I'm not like, yeah, go see. You know, I'm just it, it's it yesterday. The Cowboys didn't come to play uh, in in the first half. They well, got beat up you, in the trenches. They had fourteen they had fourteen penalties yesterday, and they it's not like they so, had, that's it. They, they've done that this season before. It wasn't like oh, well, this is uncharacteristic. No, 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 they no, had no. games like they that haven't just year. done that this season. The Dallas Cowboys have been the most penalized team for many years. They were the most penalized team in the NFL this year, the whole year. So that tells me you're not disciplined. You think you can show up. You think just because you have talent, talent's going to win games. Talent will win games in a regular season. But 
you look at San Francisco, that was a disciplined football team. They have a good head coach. They have a team that understands what they're trying to do. Are they the most talented team in the world? No, they're not. But they don't beat themselves. And all right, Tennessee. You know, at the end of the well, day, that's, you, you called you called positive, and now you're and now you now you're feeling down again. So, just no, no, it's not it's not that. I said from the very beginning, the Cowboys don't deserve to win. If you don't show up better better prepared than that, you don't deserve to win. They didn't win. That's the end of it, bro. Have a good one, man. Take care. ESPN Lafayette. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, Scott. All is right in the world. The Thanos snap has kicked those Cowboys out the playoffs. It's a good day, man. How you feeling? I feel fine. I feel fine. It was. Uh, I got to watch a bunch of football this weekend. It, you know, yeah. I was. I was. I had the kids alone yesterday afternoon, so I was trying to get creative and figure out different ways. So I missed a few plays here or there. I saw way more of a Nickelodeon broadcast than I would have otherwise, but. Uh, but, but I I got to uh, I got to watch a lot of football this weekend and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Well, that's good, dude. Um, I wanted to make a comment about you thinking about the uh, seventeen playoffs, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people are overreacting because, I mean, if you look at it this way, there were a lot of teams that were on the fringe, especially on the AFC, that under normal circumstances would have been much better teams had it not been for COVID and, and injuries. I mean, the Colts were a better team than they showed up against Jacksonville. Baltimore is a better team than they showed up at the end of the year with all those injuries they had. There's a few teams that I think would have been a much better seven seed. I think that this just that just this year anomalies happened that allowed teams like the Steelers to sneak in. On top of that, Josh, let's not act like there hasn't been like years and years of evidence of bad six seeds or or four seeds that have a losing record and win their division or well, that happened once or eight and eight teams like. There's plenty of years where you've had bad playoff games. Like, stop it with and this. Stop it with this. Oh, I, I'm, I'm smart. They should. This is bad football. They shouldn't have this. Like, you as as you tweet that while you watch Sunday Night Football and take in, you know, Ben Roethlisberger memes and and Travis Kelsey, you know, talking about his mom in post game. Like, you're enjoying it. So, like, stop acting like you're not watching or it's a bad thing. And, 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 I mean, how many years have there been teams that, like, they didn't win their division and they they were on the fringe of making the playoffs and everybody's like, man, it, that team was really good. If they could have just made the playoffs, they might have made a run. Like, there's been many years that teams just missed the playoffs that were hot teams that a lot of people thought that they might do something in the playoffs. So, I don't know. I, I got an issue with people always, always finding a way to find issues with a good thing. Like, I mean, I can understand if you lost a football game and everyone was calling, complaining, or everybody in the sports world was on Twitter getting mad. Oh, I can't believe they reduced the playoff games by one. Dude, we got an extra game. We got an extra regular season game, and we're getting, you know, yeah. we're the getting reg- more the football season time game is, is a different thing, but but an extra playoff game? Or Check that. Two extra playoff games? I mean, we, we get a game tonight. You get a Monday night football yeah. oh, playoff game. Like, is your Monday not better because you get to watch playoff football tonight? Are you mad you get to watch a game tonight? Hey, come on. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to call in and tell you all that. And one more thing: uh, make sure Norm's okay, and uh, make sure he, you know, he has enough you know, enough patience and he relaxes because you know a lot of people are going to come to collect those checks that he's been writing all year. You know, flapping his lips, saying how bad how bad the Cowboys are going to beat everybody and win that Super Bowl. So, just tell him there's always next year. All right. Later, Scott.
Thank you for the call, Josh. Let's keep it rolling. Back to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Hey, Scott. Hi. I got uh, bad news from the Cowboys fans. I think the Groundhogs saw its shadow for so one more year's the no playoffs. Eh. Anyways, so <clears throat> um, the officiating, right? And not just yesterday, but that Cincinnati Bengals game, too. The NFL does a lot of things wrong. I think what they do, uh, I think what they do that's really dumb is splitting up officials. One hundred percent. I mean, David, you are one hundred percent correct. And it's look, I know you've been saying it for years. I've been saying it as well. You get to the playoffs, and now you're you're going to like you have crews that work together all season, and now you're going to split them up. So, okay, we're going to have a head right. official. We're going to give them a crew of mixed guys, and that way they can everybody can get a little check here or there. Like, what? Why? What? It, it's so it, dumb. It's, it's like it's, it's like the take, dumbest thing ever. What are they thinking? I don't know. It's like taking all the playoff teams and just splitting them up. That's basically what you're doing. You know, it's like a pick them. You know, it's so just, it doesn't make sense. And, like, I feel bad for Jerome Boger, Berger. Right, like he he he's canned, right? He's not eat for the rest yeah, of the playoffs. He's gone. Uh, but but the, here's here's this is what I was getting at earlier with my other ice cold take, which isn't so much a take from folks as it is. This is the NFL just doing their best PR work. So Adam Schefter was the first to report that Jerome uh, Boger's crew, or or not his crew, Jerome Boger and the crew that worked the AFC Wild Card game between the Raiders and Bengals. We're not expected to officiate again this postseason. It didn't say because of their performance Sunday that was criticized because of a, a, a bad whistle. It just said after that whistle. Now, a couple of things. Schefter's the one reporting it. One, two, just, just trying to read between the lines here. The majority of the time, a wild card crew does not work the Super Bowl. Like that's I don't even know if that's ever happened before. The league typically assigns uh, crews from the divisional round to work the Super Bowl, and you know maybe if you're good in the wild card round, you might be considered. But that's 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 what Schefter reports. That's not true either. They have these things mapped out in advance. Hey, this is the head official. He's earned it. He's going to do the Super Bowl this year. Like it's it's really a nothing story. But what the NFL did is they released that, and I saw it all over the place of, oh, well, this guy messed up, and this this crew messed up, and now they're getting punished for it. It it gives off the vibe, the vibe that they're actually being held accountable when a wild card crew is never going to really be doing much more in the playoffs anyway. So I, I, I think it's just the NFL doing one of their little, oh, you see, we're doing something here, when in reality they're not doing anything. They're just having Schefter report a story, which – I'm not even dogging him for it. He's he's just reporting the information. But um, it, it feels it's it's just it's one of these things where the NFL is just trying to make it sound like they actually are doing something about the bad officiating when they're really not. They're not. And, and you can't tell me like I know it's not reviewable, but they can't you know watch that replay and say, oh man, we blew a whistle before you while the ball was in the air. Well, sure they we, can. You know, I mean, they didn't, but they're going right. to tell you that, and they're going to move and on, then, uh, and next week we're going to talk about football and not, not really remember that whistle. So, so stupid. <laughs> and, like, okay, last night, uh, that guy that uh, came in to spot the ball or whatever, 
it's a it's nah, I don't like the Cowboys at all, but it's a shame, bro. Like that dude should have been in position. How many times do you see a deep pass thrown in the middle of the field and an official's right there to spot the ball? I don't know. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? When time's running out and they have the, uh, like, they caught the ball in the middle of the field, an official is, like, pretty much there, right there to spot the ball. Well, if he, if they had and that guy came given, running in at last giving him the ball, though, instead of putting it on the ground and lining up, he might have got yeah, there yeah. time. But, like, I don't know. He was so far back. And, and I think that was the same guy that, uh, you know, stupid on Dallas, but, like, that delay a game, he's the one that stopped him from hiking the ball, too. Man, and like for them to call delay a game on that, that was like that was weak. Well, we got our we I'm got sorry. our we got our Twitter poll question up at ESPN Lafayette. Who was the biggest loser in sports this weekend? Uh, you have four choices: the Cowboys, Steelers, Patriots, or NFL officiating. And uh, right now, the yeah. Cowboys are in the lead. They've got about two thirds of the vote. NFL officiating has the other third. Patriots, Steelers, maybe have like a vote apiece, barely anything. Um, and. All right. There you have it. So go vote, everybody. I appreciate the call, David. Have a good one, man. Before we move forward, I want to take a moment to um, tell everybody happy MLK Day. It's a national holiday, birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King. If you're going to celebrate the life and legacy of uh, Dr. King today, just do it the right way. Do it the right way. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Emails. Casey emails. Scott, all this talk about the Cowboys and Niners. What about the Bills and Patriots? There's no question the biggest statement of the weekend was the Buffalo Bills. What are your thoughts? Um, oof. You talk about... A derriere whooping. Bills are the first team ever to score a touchdown on every single offensive possession except the last play or the yeah, the last offensive position of the game where they were in victory formation without turning it over. So no field goals, no turnovers, no punch, just touchdown every time. Talk about exercising some demons. I thought that game was going to be close just because of the idea of, man, this mental hurdle, this team's beat us up for the most part for the last 20 years. Uh Uh-uh. Buffalo had their moment in sub-zero temperatures Saturday night, and the game itself wasn't all that entertaining, but the story of we're taking out years and years of frustration on you, that was a statement. Pats weren't a seven seed. Oh, well, let's get rid of the seeds. What are the Patriots? Come on. Now the Bengals will go to excuse me. <clears throat> now Buffalo goes to Kansas City next weekend. That'll be a fun one. That'll be a fun one. Cincinnati's going to Tennessee. And we got one more wild card game tonight. Arizona and L.A. The winner tonight will play uh, at Tampa on Sunday. Buffalo and KC, San Francisco at Green Bay. Should be a fun divisional round. 
All right. Uh, I'm going to get to all your phone calls. Everybody on hold. Just be patient. We've had about six lines lit up all morning. We're going to get to you. Stay tuned. ESPN Lafayette, good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning, Scott. How's it going? What's happening? Oh, man. Glorious day to be a cowgirl hater. You know, one, I'm going to say y'all might want somebody to check on foot because he's been in the fence this, this playoff. I mean, the Bengals won. You know, he hate them. Uh, 49ers won. You know, he hate them. So he not... He can't pull for nobody in the playoffs this year, so he get, he got it wrong. So somebody want to check on that man. But besides that, this is what I don't want to hear today. Not on this day. I don't hear nobody calling about no referees about that game with the cowgirl game. Because when Saints um, fans complain about the refs year after year, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. I don't want no cowgirl fans calling in, talking with a sob story. Yeah, you know, well, you know. No, 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 no. Y'all was barking for the last few days, all year, I don't feel sorry for him. No sympathy. You have that, have that courage that you you was barking, cowgirl fans. And yesterday, day before, all of that, call on the show, bark again the way you was with all that aggressiveness. We're not having that today. No sympathy. That's all I want to say. We're not making no excuses today, Scott. It's time to get on them. Have a good one. Thank you. Tell you what. There isn't a franchise in the NFL that elicits more reaction from other fan bases than the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I mean, they're the glamour team. They get the most coverage year to year. Their fans do talk a lot. They get built up every year. But their coach is Mike McCarthy. Tough day for the Cowboys yesterday. Tough weekend for them. Niners move on, and uh, they will head to Green Bay. It will be pretty cold this upcoming Saturday night at Lambeau Field when the Packers host the Niners. All right, before we take a commercial break, haven't hit one up yet this hour. Let's take one more phone call. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Hey, Coach. What's up? Nothing much. Hey, just want to share something with all of us. Guys, yesterday I watched Saturday and Sunday, I watched professional playoff wildcard games. And what I saw in all the teams was there were teams that they all prepared for these games. Everybody did. But what happened was there were teams that executed their preparation, what they prepared for, there were teams that did not. And I'm a Dallas fan. And what I witnessed yesterday was a poor performance from a team that had prepared because you had the same amount of time that every team had to prepare for the game. And poor, poor, poor execution on the things you probably prepared for and the process of the whole game and everything that happened and you everybody witnessed it, I'm a Cowboy fan. I'm not shocked at what I saw because this has been occurring all year long with Dallas. And the only one can fix this is Dallas and it's within their franchise. All I'm going to say is great games, and I watched the Nickelodeon piece too, so the kids and I, we all had some good times with that too. But let's remember this. Let's not forget about the, the great performances by 
Buffalo and Kansas City and even the Raiders game, that game with the Raiders and uh and Cincinnati and Joe Burrow and them, I enjoyed the heck out of that game because I watched execution and I saw the 49ers with our boy Elijah Mitchell and them. Thank you, Elijah. Bringing the UL fan base our just dues. I watched these people execute, and I said, now, what's wrong with the Dallas Cowboys team and players and coaches that they can't get this done themselves? Well, simple fact, <laughs> you did not execute, and poor execution leads to today. Hang up the uniforms and get ready for next season. The bottom line is, it is what it is. We're moving on with the NFL playoff. Thank you, guys. <laughs> All right, ESPN Lafayette. Let's let's take one more. Good morning. Welcome into the show. Good morning. All I know is that Norman Locke and Rain Dakota Prescott will both be wearing Jerry Jones's toupee. They deserve it. We might have to try to call Norman a little bit. We might have to try to call Norman, who's writing checks all season. Can't cash him right now, though. Couldn't cash them last night online on social media. He says, oh, I'll be in Thursday. Hmm. Biggest loser of the wild card weekend right now. 62.5% of you have voted uh, the Cowboys. 32.8% say NFL officiating. 3.1% Patriots. 1.6% the Steelers. There you go. Michael emails the show. Scott, I'm glad you made your point about the extra playoff game. It seems like everyone's piling on just because the two seven seeds were bad. As if the seven seed will be bad every single year. I, for one, am a football fan and love more football. Yeah. And 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 whether you whether you are lying to yourself and actually don't like more football and, and aren't gonna watch the game tonight, which you're lying to yourself. Or you're being honest with yourself and you're like, you know what, I like it, but I kind of prefer the old way. It doesn't matter. It's not going anywhere. The NFL is profiting big time off the additions of the extra regular season game and the expanded playoff format. The ad dollars are just astronomical. So, yeah, maybe, you know, the, the Roethlisberger... Love fest last night for some reason. It's final NFL snaps as he's hobbling around in a blowout loss. Or the Eagles being down 31 and nothing. Maybe they weren't the most watchable games. Don't act like you've never had blowout playoff games before, guys. I remember the Saints' first playoff game ever. December of 1987. Their first time in the playoffs. The excitement was there. It's at the Superdome. Oh, my God. Pat Swilling just sacked Eric Kramer. Oh, they recovered the fumble. Oh, touchdown, Eric Martin. The Saints are up early. This is, And then they got completely blown out. And unless you were a Vikings fan, no one enjoyed that broadcast. But John Madden on the call. Shout out. Rest in peace, John Madden. But, like, there's there's been... Terrible playoff games for years. I dare you to find a play, a season where there wasn't one or two. Heck, the 2000 playoffs, 
you had two good games on the first Saturday. The Dolphins beat the beat the uh, beat the Colts by a field goal. In fact, I think it's the last time the Dolphins eh, the Dolphins have won one play. This was this was in two thousand. Dolphins hadn't won a lot of playoff games in the last twenty plus years, but they won one that day. And then the Saints beat the Rams when Akeem dropped the ball. The entire rest of that postseason, that was the year the Ravens won. There was not a single good playoff game. They were all lopsided. So stop acting like. Oh, the seven seeds, they didn't look good. Let's NFL made a mistake. Just just cut it out. Just cut it out. Where Dak Prescott was wrong in his post-game comments. I'll tell you next. This is the great Scott Show. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Don't Into the great Scott show. After the Cowboys 49ers game yesterday, there were some videos circulated on social media of um, a handful of fans, a very, very small number of fans, considering there were over 93,000 in attendance at AT AT&T Stadium. Throwing uh, bottles and other debris down at the field as what appeared to be some players and officials at the same time running into the tunnel. Exiting the field after the game. And then, you know, typical social media fashion, there were people trying to pile on and act like that was just Cowboys fans and how they are and how they're classless and all they're throwing stuff at their own players. Like, come on, guys, stop with the lump sums. It's ridiculous. Identify the couple of losers who decided they were going to throw stuff on the field, ban them, don't let them back into a game there, and move on. Stop trying to prop it up as some argument on your behalf. I mean, I never thought I'd be in defending Cowboys fans, but enough enough of this. But then someone got in the mentions like, well, actually, they weren't even throwing it at the players. They were throwing it at the refs. Well, you shouldn't throw something at the refs either. Okay? Dak Prescott, who did not play well yesterday, We'll call him Gak Prescott. He he did win the uh, the uh, the uh, the MVP, Nickelodeon's most valuable player, in a losing effort for the second straight year in the playoffs. The quarterback of the losing team wins the NFP. Um, he was asked if he saw the debris that was being thrown at Cowboys players. He said, no, I didn't see it. That's that's sad. I mean, you're talking about a team. You're talking about men who come out here every day of their lives, give everything to this sport, give everything to this game of football. No one wants to succeed more than we want to succeed. I understand fans and the word fan for fanatic. I get that. To know everything we put into this day in and day out, try our hardest. Nobody comes into the game wanting or expecting to lose. For people to react that way when you're supposed to be a supporter and be with us through thick and thin, that's tough. Okay. He's not wrong. This is where he was wrong. 
A reporter then stepped in and said, actually, there's some, it, it, they may have been throwing at officials. And then Prescott said, oh, well, then credit to them. Yeah, credit to them. Credit. Credit to them. What? You just cool with just fans just throwing a bunch of stuff on the field at officials? Yes, guys, I can't stand Mr. Vinovich and his crew. I also would not condone violence against them. So if you were going somewhere with that take, just go ahead and stop. But a reporter trying to help out Dax gave him an out, just wanted to clarify, said, I mean, you weren't serious, right? You're like applauding fans and wanting them to take stuff out on officials. But whenever, you know, there was an opening yesterday, like if the Niners would open a little little window of hope for the Cowboys, Dak didn't take advantage. He also didn't take advantage when he was given an out with a question. When he was asked if he was serious, he doubled down saying, yeah, I mean, yeah, if they weren't at us, and if the fans felt the same way as us, and that's what they were doing, yeah, go ahead. I'm guessing that's why the refs took off and got out of there. Everybody's upset with the way this played out. I'm upset. I'm, I'm sure a fan would feel the same way as we do. Cool. Dak Prescott, who, for some reason, I mean, he was just running the play, but the Cowboys ran a quarterback draw with 14 seconds left and no timeouts. Said he thought he spiked the ball in time. Said it was the ref's fault for not getting there quick enough. Even though he didn't get up and hand the ball to the official. It's why you teach the players to hand the ball to official in a hurry up. Everyone should know that rule. Every team should be practicing that rule. You cannot set the ball yourself. The ball carrier cannot set the ball after a play. Talk about trying to understand situational football. And yeah, Prescott and the umpire bumped into each other as the guy's coming in late trying to set the ball. But if he hands the ball to him, he said they practiced it, but they practiced it to where he just hands it to the center and all the umpire has to do is come up and tap the ball. The center cannot spot the actual ball. What if he spots it in the wrong place? Man. Cowboys. That's what they're teaching. That's what they're that's what they're teaching them in situational football. They're teaching their center to just go ahead and spot the ball himself. Usually all he has to do is touch it. What if it's spotted in the wrong place? Even if he has to move it a half, you know, a few inches. I'm not trying to pile on Dak here, but he wasn't great yesterday. And then to just double down and be like, yeah, I hope they were just throwing it all at the officials. Come on, man. Come on. Stop it. Just stop it. A familiar tale for the Dallas Cowboys franchise yesterday. Regime changes. Same result. A lot of overselling, a lot of underdelivering. We're going to dig into some of the other playoff games in the next hour. Little college hoops as well. We're going to talk about, oh, man. Cardinals-Rams game tonight. Yes, there will be a Manning cast. Will you watch it? 
See, when people ask me, do I watch the Manning cast? I usually have one answer because it comes with a caveat. I'll tell you what that is when we come back right after this. This is the Great Scott Show. Coming at you on a Monday here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. ESPN Lafayette, 103.3 on the FM, 1420 on the AM, and streaming worldwide via the ESPN Lafayette app. If you're listening to the stream, that is brought to you by Champagne's Market on the Oil Center. Champagne's going the extra mile. We will also, I don't know if, he, I don't know if he's going to pick up the phone. We're going to reach out to Norman Locke. We're going to have to reach out to Norman Locke. Just a little, little worried about him, you know. I'm going to check on him this morning. I know he's struggling. He's my friend. I need to call to see how he's feeling. We'll see if he answers. We're going to do that next hour as well. This is a great Scott show at TSP and Live. Yet best ticket in sports. Don't go anywhere. What up, guys? I'm here to tell you about the DraftKings Sportsbook that's coming to Louisiana. I'm not talking about the fantasy aspect of DraftKings, which is awesome. I'm talking about the actual sportsbook because it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers $100 in free bets when you sign up before they go live. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook giving $100 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. It's bringing their experience as a leader in daily fantasy sports to the sports betting world and have created one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. In the meantime, while they're preparing to launch the DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, you can play right now for huge cash prizes with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code 1420 when you sign up. Because when you do, $100 in free bets to use on mobile sports betting in Louisiana as soon as it hits. That's code 1420 to get $100 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 877 stop Must be 21 or older. Louisiana only. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full terms and conditions. ESPN. ESPN. Lafayette. The best ticket in sports. Great Scott. The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Happy to have you with me on this Monday. It is cold out there. Very cold. Got out there this morning. Sun was uh, was not up. It was early. It was 32 degrees. Ice cold. Ooh, ice cold. I like some of the performances this weekend on the football field. There have been 28 500-point offenses in NFL history. 
All of them made the playoffs. Only two were eliminated in the wild card round. One was the Cowboys. It happened yesterday. The other was the 2000 St. Louis Rams. Shout out Jim Haslett, Aaron Brooks, and Willie Jackson. And that 2000 Saints defense. We're going to try to call Norman Locke here in a little bit. But we spent a good bit of time on Cowboys Niners. A little bit of time on some of the other some of the other games. Haven't really talked about tonight's game at all. Or, you know, the Bengals-Raiders game, the the whistle, which was ridiculous. I mean, just complete absurdity by an NFL officiating crew to blow a whistle on a play that ended up allowing the Bengals to score a touchdown in a game that was decided by a touchdown. But it was – it was – let's look at the Bengals fans for a minute. Stepping away from the officiating crew and Jerome Boger, and his crew wasn't going to be doing any more games this postseason anyway, so the NFL just lets Adam Schefter leak that they won't be doing any games after their bad performance. Well, wild card teams typically don't do the Super Bowl or divisional rounds anyway, so there you have it. If you're a Bengals fan, and I know for you know many in South Louisiana, they kind of adopt Cincinnati as that, that team they're going to root for this postseason when the Saints were eliminated. Bengals fans, though, I'm talking about real ones, like lifers. You hadn't won a playoff game in 31 years. The last time the Bengals won a playoff game, they beat the Oilers, and O.J. Simpson was the sideline reporter for NBC Sports. He was interviewing the winning coach after the game. So it's been a while. There's something about Winning, and for some Bengals fans, you know, be 30 years old. You could be 35. It's not like you remember the last time they won one. You could be in your mid-30s, and you're experiencing a playoff win for the first time. But there's something about winning that first game on a Saturday. If you're a fan of the team that wins that very first game of Wild Card Weekend, then you just get to ride that dopamine and watch all these other playoff games kind of stress-free. If you're a Cardinals or Rams fan, if you're one of, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan or one of the four Rams fans out there, you you were watching all the games this weekend, but you're really just anticipating tonight. There's this stress. Maybe it's an excitement in your stomach or maybe it's just bad gas, whatever it is in the pit of your stomach. You're not able to watch it the same way, but would you win that first game? Now, the flip side of that, if you're a Raiders fan, it's kind of like, okay, well, we were eliminated. Am I really supposed to watch these next games? I'm really supposed to try to enjoy this. You win that first game, it feels good. You lose that first game. The rest of your football viewing experience for the weekend is just is bad. And the Bengals, you know, I mean, Marvin Lewis had him. Marvin Lewis was, was a really good coach. He was like Jim Moore in a lot of ways and that they were consistently good. They just couldn't win the playoff game. They were in the playoffs. It was like five years in a row at one point. They made it a good bit. They just couldn't win. And every year it seemed like they were in that, hey, it's the ESPN 330 game on Saturday. Put the Bengals in there. Put them in that game. And so their fans have dealt with playoff loss after playoff loss. Broken dreams. And not being to enjoy the rest of the weekend. For them, this weekend, it was the total opposite. I mean, you can wake up hungover on Sunday and be like, all right, triple header. 
My team has advanced. Feels good. Yeah. Bengals-Titans this Saturday on CBS. Should be a good one. Took a lot of phone calls last hour. Phone lines are open for you. 337-269-1077. Let's head to the phone lines right now. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Well, good morning. What's up, Kyle? I have to tell you, I, I, I don't really agree with your synopsis on, you know, the NFL expanding the playoffs anymore. I, I don't like 14 teams. One reason that the NFL kind of had a little bit more, let's say, separation between itself and the other leagues is because you actually had to do something during the season to merit getting to have postseason play. And now it's not so much anymore. It's kind of the reason, I'll be honest with you, if, if Taysom has his Liz Frank injury, I didn't want to see the Saints have to play this weekend. I didn't want to see him go, go out there without Taysom and get embarrassed. You know, there's no way. At least with him on, on the field, they could have at least made a showing for themselves. Well, I would have watched it. I would have enjoyed being in the playoffs. But if you didn't want to watch your own team because you thought they were going to lose, that's to each to each their own. But 75 of the 100 most watched things in America in 2021 were NFL games. People are going to watch the games. It is not because you think they're going to lose. You know they're going to get embarrassed. And that's a that's a that's a much bigger deal for me. How many cowboy fans have, have burned up the phone lines calling today? What does that have to do with? I don't hear me cowboy fans burning it up. I mean, we had two we had two calls last hour from Cowboys fans, and they were you know they were they were licking their wounds. Yeah, and that's that probably be your grand total for the whole show because the rest of them ain't gonna call because they they not gonna sit there and talk about how embarrassed they were. But I got a question for the NFL. You know, we're going to talk about how they're moving forward and this and that. When is the NFL going to quit making their officials look at 9 or 10 or 11-inch monitors, whatever them little bitty piss-ain't monitors are they got on the sideline, dragging them out on the field and humiliating all of the people on planet Earth that are watching the game, when you got, you can look up above your head and you would see a 70 foot long television screen that is 4K that no expense was spared where when a, where when they, they focus on a guy's face and a drop of sweat is coming off his nose, it looks like that drop of sweat won't fit in a five gallon bucket. And you can't look at that monitor. And figure out where to spot a football because you're too busy looking at a nine-inch monitor where that football's got to look no bigger than the end of a hangnail. And I know good and well them officials, they're in my age bracket. They're in their mid to late 40s, all the way through their 50s, and some of them are in their 60s. Come on. You're not, you're just, all right. No, no, no. It's a wide no, age and bracket. Don't tell me. That's a wide I know age they bracket. You're not in your 40s, bunny bro. Eyesight. Huh? You're not in your 40s. What? I just I I I stepped in because I didn't realize you were about to expand well, no, it by I'm, another I'm 20 saying, years. None of them, none of them is in their 30s. They're all in their 40s to 50s to 60s. 
Okay, so they're in the age range that I'm in, and I know how poor my vision is. I don't need to look at a nine-inch monitor, which is going to show the football about the end of the, the, the head of a, of a ink pen, and try to figure out where that football needs to be spotted when I got a 70-yard 70 70 long, and I've been to that stadium. So I can tell you, it is the best screen in the whole world. So you're suggesting they, 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 they put an asterisk on the rule that says, unless you're at AT&T Stadium, just look up. Well, hey, you know what? There's a nice screen in the Superdome. I don't think there's a stadium in the country that has a screen as small as a nine-inch monitor. Here's the thing with, here's the thing with eyesight, Kyle. When you're looking at a nine-inch monitor and it's a foot away from your face, you can actually see it better than a big screen that is hundreds of yards away. Oh, well, we're going to have to have it. Well, I'll tell you what. You go to AT&T Stadium. I didn't say AT&T Stadium. I said, I said I was suggesting what you're suggesting. They just put an asterisk in the rule and says, except at AT&T Stadium, just look up. Okay. Well, you know what? They, they, they maybe they. They're need, not going to make an exception for one stadium and, be, and not all the other ones. Over your head, when you've got technology sitting over your head that is in the 21st century, and you're sitting there trying to pretend like you're like you're being a purist by watching something that ain't even that, that isn't capable yes. that is no bigger than your iPhone. Okay, or you, or you, or you have your, a nine-inch iPhone, Samsung, or, or your Samsung, or whatever it is. You would sit there watching a the screen that Come ain't on. any bigger than that. You're trying to figure okay, out. Okay, all football. right. So your take Don't this morning me. is that they should Scott, put an asterisk in the officiating rule that when they're at AT and T Stadium, okay, they should just look Scott, up. The cool. bottom line is, cool. what in the hell did they do? How could he even know where to move that football? First of all, it was perfectly spotted. According to my hundred inch 4K television, yeah. it was perfectly spotted. They just call you where they put it to be. I was amazed at how well they spotted the football when the guy's knee hit the ground. I don't even know how he could tell his knee hit the ground on that little bitty ass monitor. You gonna tell me that? Oh yeah, they know exactly. They looking at you. No, they're not. You didn't know enough. You couldn't see enough. I can't believe with all the calls that they have not overturned that they managed to respot that football backwards another eight inches. I can't. I, I, I can't. On, on a nine-inch monitor. All right, the Kyle. football's a foot this long. Is, You're putting a foot-long option. This is, the, this, is, this is your big takeaway from Wild Card Week and the spot on the fourth down. Well, my big takeaway oh, is yeah. that my big takeaway about the NFL is once again – They've proven themselves. I mean, outside of the Cowboys, the NFL has proven themselves to be the biggest joke of the of of of, of, a, of an organization I've ever seen. I mean, I, I just like this I'm, I'm just call. you know I don't know how much yeah. stupider they can get. Like this Putting call. a Buffalo Bills game on at midnight. By the way, if you talk about safety, how about the safety of your eighty thousand fans that are coming to the stadium in icy conditions? off of Lake uh, Ontario, and you're going to go make them watch a football game at, and go home at midnight in six-degree weather with all kinds of uh, blizzards and, and yeah, lake effects. They're not used snow. to that. They're not used to that the kind of weather up there, Kyle. Yeah, no, they're not, they're not, the used, they're not used to that kind of weather up in Buffalo. Weather. I mean, they don't know how to deal with freezes or anything. It's not like those fans of Buffalo are used to that kind of weather. It's a great point. Yeah, they're not used to cold weather. Yeah, you're used to driving in that kind of weather at midnight. 
I don't live in Buffalo. If I lived in Buffalo, yeah, I'd probably understand what to do in oh, freezing yeah. cold oh, weather. Okay. I, I live in Buffalo. I, I, I go right through black ice. I'm from I'm from Louisiana. Cool. Were there, were there reports of fans dying last like night in the ice. cold? You're acting like there hasn't been freezing cold games before, Kyle. This is this is just weak, man. Come on. Well, you, why you, make people drive this. home at midnight in the freezing cold weather when you go have to go home in the middle of the day just, in Tampa is, Bay? Right, you Kyle. are an NFL apologist, guy. No, you are. Some of your calls are just horrendous. They just ramble on and on. First, it's about a nine-inch screen versus looking up at a big one. Then it's about making Buffalo Bills fans go to a night game in Buffalo? What? NFL had a lot of embarrassing moments over the weekend, but somehow you didn't manage to hit on any of them. You're just talking about 75-foot whatever, the big screen in Dallas and nine-inch screens. and That was bad, bro. Come on. That was bad. ESPN Lafayette, good morning. Welcome into the show. Hey, Scott, how you doing? What's up? Hey, I got to tell you, I've never been to Buffalo, but I've been to Green Bay in the same temperatures, and, and, and same temperatures and same type of conditions. And, yes, it's cold, but you, you know what? Those streets are pristine. It's almost as if they're used they, to they, that kind they, of weather. You know the streets are taken the streets are taken care of right they do it all they do it all the time I, I, you know they're, we don't they're, know they're better than it's more dangerous to drive in Louisiana when it's got any ice on the road Correct. than it is in Green Correct. Bay or Buffalo because they take care of it you're right we you know, don't, we don't even need to it's not even it's not even a take we need to waste any time on with respect to you it's just it's it's pointless okay. just waste real, 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 real comment the only person more negative about the NFL than Kyle is Mike Florio, okay? Pro football talk. They, they, is nothing ever right. It's always wrong. You know, the, I thought that spot, the revised spot, was perfect, and I, I thought the TV people agreed with it. Romo agreed with it. They, they agreed that when they moved it back, they needed to move it back. I'm not sure that it made a difference. You know, I don't. It, it, it didn't in the end of the game, so I don't know. But I enjoyed the game yesterday. I got to tell you, I didn't enjoy, enjoy Tampa because nobody got kind of beat down. But the the Cowboys game was classic, you know. It was memorable. Is what it is. It was memorable to say the least. And, yeah. and, and the Cowboys yeah. are a heat magnet. Whether people love them or hate them, they draw a reaction. Always have, always will. And when they're in a game like that one, you know, people are talking about it, man. It's, it's buzzing. Yep. All right, man. Thanks for the call. ESPN Lafayette, good morning. Welcome into the show. Jerome Booger, hopefully he's done. Uh, I know he's done for the playoffs this year. Hopefully he's never uh, brought back to the NFL. He's one of the worst referees in the league. He's always been terrible. I think we need to get rid of him and move on. Um, I feel where Kyle's coming from um, in a sense of... About Buffalo? Not, not so much the... No. About, about a big screen in Dallas or a nine-inch monitor? No, um, just the idea. I think another thing too. The referees are too old, man. That's a lot of things too. Why, there's a why, lot. Of, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of problems with the officiating. I mean, I'm not. I'm not apologizing for and the officiating one. at all. They're too old. Yeah, correct. They need. To, there's a lot of things. They, the NFL's got it all backwards with officials. I mean, why are you mixing together crews for the postseason? That is the dumbest, most absurd thing you can do. 
Like, there's such a thing as cohesion and working together. Now you get to the most important games of the season and you're just going to mix together crews? Like, that's stupid. Well, these guys graded out well, so we're going to give them a shot. So you're going to put them with some guys they haven't worked with this year to call a playoff game? I mean, it's it's dumb. They need, they need full-time refs. Uh, some of the older ones, especially ones that are grading poorly, they need they do need to be replaced. I mean, there's a lot of things here. But the NFL, being the billion-dollar empire it is, can still be cheap. I mean, look back to, what was it, 2012 with the, with the, was it 2012, the replacement refs. I mean, like, it's, you know, they, they didn't even want to pay the, their own officials for a little while, thinking that, I mean, as bad as the officiating is, let's remember what the replacement refs look like for a month into that season. So they need to invest more money in the officials, but they're not going to. They're not. I mean, it is, it is what it is. It's, it's a joke at times. It's an embarrassment, but it is what it is. Yeah, I only saw one game this week, man. Um, uh, more likely, I'm going to catch the game tonight. Um, I, I don't know what it is, man. I don't, I don't really – there's only certain teams I follow in, or that I want to watch in the AFC. I don't really care to watch AFC football. Um, I don't know why. It's just, so you watched the John but, Madden uh, game yesterday? That's what I was calling it, the Madden game. You, you watched the, the, the Cowboys-Niners Cowboys game? Yeah, that's the only game I saw. Um, that's the only game that intrigued me. Uh, I, I wasn't going to watch that Chiefs and uh, Steelers game. I already knew it was going to blow out. I already knew it was going to be a blowout in the Eagles-Buccaneers game. Um, paid, uh, bills. I, 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 you know what? I, well, I was at a, uh, one of my boys was at a show, so I want to go support him Saturday night. Got a place downtown, so I, I didn't. Uh, but to see the score, though, now I would have loved to watch something like that to see that. But like I said, I was had uh, prior engagements. But um, yeah. But uh, who, who played this week in the AFC? You've got uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee, and, and then you have the Bills in Kansas City. Yeah, I think Cincinnati can beat Tennessee. I, I yeah, I think they got a good shot. They got a good shot. I mean, hey man, this is Scott, this is crazy, man. Not to cut you off, we we you know I don't want to get ahead of myself. We could see a re a rematch of the eighty eight, well the eighty nine eighty eight season, with eighty nine conference finals between the Bills and the uh, Bengals. That, that that would be something, right? Two teams. Well, as, that, long as, um, as long as they don't make it the five forty game, because then it'd be too cold for anyone to go. Be dangerous on the street. Not more likely, that probably that probably be the afternoon game. It's um, already, it's yeah, already, it's already flexed. So every year, I'm about to say that yeah, CBS yeah, yeah. and so Fox. Had the, uh, every year, CBS and Fox, uh, they they flip flop in terms of who gets the at least our time wise two p.m. in Central. NFC this year is going to be the five thirty game. AFC is the two o'clock game. Yeah, uh, who you like tonight? I don't know. Um, is JJ Watt back? Is he, is he I don't, I don't, think, I don't think so. I mean, the Cardinals The Cardinals' plan to sign a bunch of old guys that are really good worked for like half the season, and then, you know, the injuries started to hurt. pile in. So, and then at the same time, I just, I don't trust Arizona, I don't trust LA's O-line at all. Uh, and I, you know what? I'm, I'm pick, I'm going to, I kind of leaning toward the Cardinals because they're eight and one on the road this season. They're just better. They're just better on the road. Um, uh, you know, these these teams split this season, the season series, and the road team won both games. And it's not like the Rams' home field advantage. I think they were 5-3 and three at home. But, it, 
you know, it's not like it's like overwhelmingly good, like a difference maker. I mean, you had Matt Stafford complaining last week about how loud it was in the fourth quarter. And now he, he had to go to a silent count in a home game. Uh, so I, I'm kind of leaning toward Arizona tonight. Um, I think the Rams are a three-point favorite, maybe three and a half betting-wise. But I'm I'm leaning toward the Cardinals, leaning toward the road team. And, you know, if they win, you know, tonight, they'll uh, they'll probably lose next week. Scott, hey, man, the next two, three weeks, I think the rumors are going to go crazy haywire with Peyton going to the Cowboys. I can, I can already feel it. They do it every year. I can year. already feel it. They do it every year. Yeah, but this, but this might be the year now, you know. Um, Cowboys really thought they were, uh, were going to make a deep run. I thought so in the uh, middle of the season. But I saw some things like, I don't know this team. Something about this team doesn't, you know. And they play in the NFC East, man. That's another thing, too. Who they really beat this year? Who they beat? Who they beat? I don't know. I mean, if you want to talk about their, well, I most, the their most impressive win of the season, it's a good question. I mean, I uh, where they win. I'm trying to just think off the top of my head. Like, I don't remember a ton of you their can't games. Say the Chargers because the Chargers didn't make the play the postseason. Yeah, I know that was a close yeah. Game. I mean, <laughs> that's a good question. Is it the Eagles? Norm. Hey, hey, hold on, hold on, Scott, Scott. Let me ask Norm. Norm, who they played this year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, their best win in terms of opponents' win-loss record this year was a six-point win at New England. That was their best win this season. If you're talking about the opponents' like record at the end of the season, and at the time, you know, New England was two and four. Like, the Patriots, even though they got their, you know, their butts kicked on Saturday, they won a bunch of games later in the season. You know what I mean? Like, after that Cowboys game, they reeled off, I don't know, six six straight wins or something. So uh, they caught him at a good time too. But yeah, that was, that was the Cowboys most impressive win this year. But like I, I tell Norm this too, because he always uses that stupid argument every year. Like when we, when we get the two teams in the Super Bowl this year, let's look back at their regular season and see what their best win was or how many, how many games they won against teams like two games or better above 500. It's never all that much. Like that's true every single year. And, you know, the Cowboys were no different this year. They just happened to blow it in the in the first round, which is, you know, I mean, one and done in the playoffs. It's not like that's that's not a rarity with the Cowboys. A lot of buildup, then a lot of disappointment. Norm, I need you to go to Goodwill. I need you to go to Goodwill, look for a VHS. You know, get, a, get your cassettes out and go put in some, uh, go have some fun nostalgia with the Cowboys of the 90s. That's right. So go find, I'm sure you can find a, a VHS. Go find some old, go go, go, go find some old photos on a floppy disk. <laughs> uh, but look, man, I, get back. I'm gonna hang up to get back to Kyle's point. I, I want to say this: as long as we care, as long as we just care about being entertained, we, this, the NFL is gonna get away with trash. They're gonna right. get away with it because we because we're we're gonna keep supporting it. It's and true. That's, it's true. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. we're all we're all hypocrites. Like I complain about it. I'm still gonna watch. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Jaguars fans, they all show up to the last game of the season in clown outfits to to show their owner how serious they are and how upset they are with them. Well, you just spent a bunch of money going to the game to show them how mad you were at them, which the game the Jags happened to win, by the way, which is the irony of it. But, like, you know, whether you're an upset fan, whether you're a happy fan, whether you're disgruntled with the refs, whatever, like the whole crowd that said the NFL is losing viewers, they're not 75 out of 100 of the most watched things on 
American television in the year of 2021 were NFL games. Like I think viewership went up. It did. Sure. It went up a lot. Like it's it's it, it, as long as that keeps happening until the viewers say, "All right, we've had enough of this, and we're not going to yeah, give you our money." They're not gonna. They're not gonna. They're not gonna suddenly get full time refs or anything like that. It's not going to happen. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you, and uh, you have a nice one. Appreciate the call. Lines lit up. We'll get to your phone calls when we come back. Hang tight. We'll take a quick timeout after this break. I don't know if we'll answer. I don't know if we'll answer. But I'm going to call Norman. Dr. Locke. The man who claims to have a PhD in trolling. Who wrote a lot of checks this year. And it's time for him to cash them. And he's struggling. They're kind of bouncing. We're going to call him next right here. This is The Great Scott Show. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Hey, this is Rich Eisen, and you can hear me every day on ESPN Lafayette from noon to 3 on The Rich Eisen Show. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Let me uh, try to dial Norman Locke here. Bear with me. Well, he just he just picked up, but he he got hung up on. Picked up and then hung up. He said, hello? Let's see if he'll call back. Let's see if he'll call back. Take a quick phone call. See if Norm dials us back here. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. For a second, but he better hurry up and call because I can't keep up this long enough because the fans are going to attack me. Well, being that he's a Cowboy fan and I am, here's what I'll say in reference to the last caller. You know, we can only play the teams that are on our schedule. Now, whether those teams have a successful year or not, we don't control that. And being that I think you're a Saints fan, we did defeat the Saints, so you did ask. So he did ask the question: Who did we defeat? Well, the Saints was one of them we defeated, and we defeated other people on the schedule. And Dallas lost to people on their schedule. You know, being that I coached this game football, and I love this game football, want to make y'all understand something: that it's not always how your teams on your schedules season goals that makes you a good team. It's how you perform when it's game time. And if you don't perform the way you should to win during the four quarters or overtime of a football game, which is called game time, then so be it. You will fall short. You will lose. 
and you will be somebody that will be talking about like we are talking about Dallas today. You're no, I'm come me. rescue me because I can't keep this up. Thank you. <laughs> all right, first of all, uh, yes, we understand you just play the teams on your schedule. That's actually my point every single year, and it's an argument Norm likes to bring up as a counterpoint, like, oh, what good teams do they actually beat? Or who's the best team they beat? Or where's their big win at? As if that makes a difference or matters or is the big know-all end-all. I mean, the Chiefs, when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago, I think they had one before until the playoffs started. They had one win against a team with a winning record all season. And nobody really talks about that anymore. I mean, they won the Super Bowl. Why would they talk about it? Right, we're going to try. We're going to try them one more time. Sit tight. Sit tight. Let's try Norm one more time. Norm is not answering. Now that he knows, he's staying away. Can't handle the heat. Texted him, too. I said, man, Coach Mitch said he needs you. He said, huh? That's all he responded with was, huh? <laughs> ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Emails. Derek emails. Scott. How did you feel about the Cowboys' fake punt? Better yet, how did you feel about how they followed it up? It was, uh, oh, my God. You think you're going to fool? Like, you got the first down on the punt. Why are you leaving your punt team on the field after you got the first down? They, the, the, actual, the actual fake punt that they converted was awesome. It was awesome. But it's like, you know, he's like, you finally convince the girl your dreams to go on a date with you, and then you decide to take her to a, like a cheap buffet. They pull off this beautiful fake punt. They line back up in a punt formation, cause confusion. The Niners are like, we're not, Tony Rowan's like, they're trying to get the call timeout. Then they run in all of their subs you have a different ball you have to use for punting and offense, so the ref changes the ball. And whenever you sub late, the ref has to hold the ball so that the other team can adjust when you put offense out from special teams. So what happens? The Cowboys get burned with a delay a game and just punted three plays later. Unreal. And for all this talk about the Cowboys' big old TV and scoreboard and everything, a punt hit that yesterday, and that's not the first time. That thing is hanging way too low. And what about all the sunlight just beaming into the stadium? I lost it in the sun. I didn't it indoors? Yeah, but I lost the ball in the sun. Man. Man, oh, man. Appreciate the email, Derek. 
For those that didn't see that play, this is what it sounded like on TV. It's like both their faults. Anger with the fake. The pass is caught. It's caught for the first down. The Cowboys once again, and John Fossil able to come up with the trickery, and C.J. Goodwin hauls it in, and the Cowboys hurry to the line. And that's what we said last time. I was like, they're not actually punting yet, Jim. When I told you that, I'm like... And they send Fossil and he sends a special teams unit out. That just means, are they going to fake it again? Yeah, look at this. They keep the unit out there. They got Goodwin lined up as a receiver. They're trying to get you to take a timeout. I've seen this. They're trying to get the defense just to steal a timeout. Anger in the slot. You go. So now they're going to send it out. So what happens is, oh, you get a scramble. I'm Kyle Shanahan. I got all my guys out here. Let's say the puck team and a bunch of people, and they keep that out there. It's like, you got to take a timeout. They're going to run a play. He wisely doesn't. Boy, you go into a game when John Fossil's the special teams coordinator on the other side. You know that fake is always a possibility. That's the fourth time this year. They pull it off to get a new life, and now there's a whistle. Oh, man. ESPN Lafayette, best ticket in sports. Talk hoops for just a moment. Coach Gary Broadhead squad. Coach will be on with me tomorrow. Improved to 11-3 on the season. They uh, won one at South Alabama, 71-64. Falling up a win against Troy and then South Al. They're 4-1 and one now in, uh, or 3-1 and one now in conference play. They got a long road trip. Boone Conway, it's the App State Coastal Carolina trip form this weekend. But once again, you know, this team right now and, and the way that they're playing, they are right back in the mix for a Sunbelt Conference Championship. And Ty Doucette having her back. I mean, Sunbelt preseason player of the year. Another double double for 16 points, 18 boards. She's sixth place now all-time in program history and scoring with 1,288. He had four players scoring double figures. Talk more about this team tomorrow with Coach Broadhead, but um, they keep winning. You know, Ty Doucette, her size advantage, getting it done in the paint. Cajuns were missing some of their size on the men's side of things. No Theo Akuba. He was out with uh, COVID protocols. Isaiah Richards... From what I understand, I think is um, academically ineligible, so he's not available to play. And just a, a a a tight, tough loss at Texas State. Jordan Brown was great, eighteen points, sixteen boards, double double. Kobe Julian has been scoring, but they're missing those guys. Now they're back at the Cajun Dome. They got four straight at home, and uh, they've been good at home. They're going to need to be to get right back in the mix for the top spot in the Sun Belt, but they lost a hold of it over the weekend. Scheduled to talk to Coach Bob Marlin tomorrow as well. When we come back, keys to the game tonight and a former Raging Cajun who hit the transfer portal, expected to announce where he is going to commit to next. He's got two choices. Got it down to two choices, reportedly. 
We'll tell you who it is, what those choices are. It's all coming your way next. This is the Great Scott Show. Great sports callers, open think tank. Plus, Jerry Jones, hear it from his surgical mouth, what he had to say after, which rings hollow because he's true. He's true. You'll hear it from the horse's mouth when we come back right after this. This is the Great Scott Show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. This is the one place where you can really let the referees know exactly how you feel. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long when you make them calls. ESPN Lafayette, ESPNLafayette.com, and the ESPN Lafayette app. Hey, sports fans, this is Rich Eisen reminding you to catch the Rich Eisen Show every weekday from 12 to 3 on ESPN Lafayette. Now, back to more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. So, it happened earlier this morning, on another note, mentioned former Raging Cajun of the transfer portal, Osiris Torrance, has committed to the University of Florida. The uh, offensive lineman, many felt was the overall best player on the Cajuns team. Maybe highest ceiling, he was... The only Cajun in uh, the ESPN top 100 preseason college football player list last year. He's graded out well. He's really good on the O-line, entered the portal, and uh, as many suspected, has uh, committed to Florida. Reportedly, it came down to Florida and LSU, and uh, he is heading to the Gators, as did Montreal Johnson. So uh, you have another O-lineman that switched. So that's three players now at Florida, uh, two transfers at LSU, one at TCU, and uh, Lorenzo McCaskill is still out there going through some offers. A lot of transfers, not just from UL, but from across college football right now, uh, 3,500 in the transfer portal. Because right now, you know, some of those 3,500 have obviously committed and they'll sign on signing day. But for the time being, you know, until they do, that's the number, which is a huge number. And for some guys, they might not end up places, but for the good ones, they'll find a new home, and it'll be what it is. Cajuns so far have only uh, added one via the portal, James Anoba, who comes from uh, Michigan State. The Spartans, who finished, what, eighth in the country, have 13 players in the portal that were on their team to start the 2021 season and currently are not with the Spartans, but in the portal. And most of them have committed to places. Not all of them, though. Still up in the air. Talked a lot about NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Tomorrow, Jay Walker will be on the show with me in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll talk about uh, tomorrow morning. Also, Coach Gary Broadhead and Coach Bob Marlin will be on with me in the 7 o'clock hour for some interviews. We'll talk to the two Cajun basketball coaches. We'll also talk a lot about tonight's last wild card game, Arizona and L.A. We'll see if we can get a good one for you. That'll be on TV, ABC, and ESPN. Cowboys lose yesterday. Jerry Jones, after the game, had this to say. and whatnot. Well, I think this is a time that uh, when you get this combination of players together, you need to uh, have success because we all know how it goes in the NFL. The whole thing is set up to take away from the best and add to the ones that need improvement. And personnel-wise, I think we have one of the best. He's not wrong. 
They've got a ton of talent. And, you know, the setup is try to hit on your draft, get guys on rookie deals. If you can have a quarterback on a rookie deal, even better, a good one. And that's the best setup. But the whole idea of, you know, trying to keep parity. And when you have a lot of good players together on one team, locker room changes year to year. Teams change. There's turnover. 14 penalties. Scott Shanley, a friend of mine, former Saints, says, look, it's, look, look at McCarthy's win-loss record. It's not on him. It's on the players to get it right. Mm. When you lack a lot of discipline, there's plenty of blame to go around. And I think a coaching staff to try to maintain in-game discipline, especially in the biggest moments of the season, they deserve criticism for that. They deserve criticism for that. You had two close games out of five. Will we get three out of six, or are we going two for six? Tonight's game, Arizona and L.A. Matthew Stafford, well, he's never won a playoff game. Neither is Kyler Murray, but one of those is not like the other. Murray is much younger. Stafford's been at it a while. Got into the playoffs with the Lions a few times, but couldn't win one. Now he's at home. Taking on an Arizona team that's missing a number of players, including some good ones. But the Rams have put so many chips into this team. They don't have any draft capital, any significant draft capital moving forward. Their own line is being held together by a couple of old veterans and a little bit of super glue. And Arizona's great on the road. Who's going to win tonight? Well, if... If Van Joseph's if Van Joseph's defense gets after Stafford, it's over. They're going to mix a lot of coverages, try to get after Stafford, Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons at linebacker, safety Buda Baker, two of the better defensive players in the league. They turn over Stafford. I mean, it won't be anything new. Stafford's turned it over eight times in the last three games. That's it. That's the playbook tonight. You know, the Cardinals, they're going to try to have some pass protection of their own, obviously. You've got to deal with Aaron Donald, who the last time the Cardinals and the, and the Rams played, Donald had three sacks. But to me, it's really about Matt Stafford tonight and protecting the football. He starts turning it over. Cardinals got it. They got it. You know, A.J. Green caught a lot of passes the last time the Cards played the Rams. Christian Kirk could have a big game tonight. But this comes down to Matt Stafford protecting the football. That's what this comes down to. Eight turnovers in the last three games. He cleans that up. Rams will move on. Winner of tonight's game will play at Tampa Bay next Sunday. That's going to do it for me. It's been a fun show. Been a busy show this morning. To the good calls, to the bad calls, to everything in between, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I will talk to you tomorrow. As I mentioned, Coach Marlin, Coach Broadhead on the show. Jay Walker will be in tomorrow. We'll get back to some terrible tunes. And we'll talk plenty about tonight's last wild card matchup.
In the meantime, have a great Monday. And if you're going to celebrate MLK Day, do it the right way. The Dan Patrick Show's next. This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Bye-bye.